0: This is episode 115 of the Social Hub podcast, which means you will find all the links and relevant show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the forward slash 115. Hey there, I'm Stacey Marie, your host of this podcast and a business coach helping women in business stand out of the crowd online through social media, online courses, digital products, and podcasting. On this pod, we will chat about business, marketing, mindset, money, and all that's in between so that you can grow your business your way because you are magic and everything you need is right inside you. I acknowledge the Nandawal and Minyungbuk people of the Bunjalung Nation, on which land this podcast is produced. I thank them for the custodial role they undertake now, in times past, and for our future. And I extend my respect to all the people on the lands with which you are listening from also. Hey, friends. How are you? What you're listening to here is part two, three, or four, depending on where you're at, in a four-part series called um, Needs-Based Selling. Now, if you haven't listened to, most importantly, episode 112, which is the first part of this episode and gives an introduction into why I've created these episodes and what they are and what they mean and who they're for, then I would 110% recommend Stop Where You Are and go back and listen to episode 112 and then follow them through episode 112 to 115 in order. So the titles of those episodes in order are no mission share and what now they're the four parts of the process of the needs-based selling system and this system is to help you be able to sell with authenticity and in true alignment with who you really are without any of those awful awful, icky tactics that we don't want to do and any of that fear-based stuff that just makes us feel terrible about ourselves um To be able to sell to our clients in a really beautiful, authentic way um, and mostly to be able to sell them what they need, right? Um, Because when people buy what they need, then we have less refunds. We have less people wanting to cancel our services. We have happy clients who become repeat clients and then refer other clients to us and become complete raving fans, So it's a really beautiful four-part series and it's important that you listen to each step in a row. So please make sure if you haven't listened to episodes 112 right through to 15 in order. Go back and do so now. Otherwise, if you're on the right episode, enjoy. It's really important that you do. Now, also remember that these are actually part of my paid program, Amplify. These four trainings came downloaded directly from that program and put into the free space as a gift from me to you. If you love what you hear in these trainings, I would highly recommend that you check out my Amplify program. It is where I help service-based businesses and course creators break free of the one-to-one and scale their businesses online using social media, online courses, and digital products. All the links to be able to find out all about this program are in the show notes for today's episode. If you head over there, you can check it out and you can also book a call with me if you want to chat more about if it's the right space for you because I do have other ways that we can work together. Or if you just want to chat to me more about this on Instagram, you can DM me at at Stacey Marie Coaching. But for now, over to the episode. You are going to love it. All right, welcome everyone to our final installment of our February training series on sales mastery. Um, Today, we're talking about step four, which is what now. So really, what now means where to from here. So you've done all those steps, you've made some recommendations. um, You've said this is what I think would be good for you. This is what I see would be a really good fit for you. And then what happens from there. So sometimes I see that you know, people sometimes get to this point and then they stall again because they go, okay, yep, that's what I recommend. So what do we do now sort of thing? And then you get a bit all mumble jumble and you go, okay, well, I'll let you think about it and off we go sort of thing. And you're not really sure how to, how do you close that conversation off? How do you find, like, how do you wrap that conversation up? Um, and then, you know, sort of things like follow-ups or if they're, you know, giving you what I would label objections, how do you handle those things? Um So we're going to go through what that is. In in traditional terms, and the reason why I've gone through this series and kind of gone through traditionally what each step would be called, and really what I'm trying to get you guys is to reframe how how you see these conversations getting played out, is that in the masculine business industry, if you've worked in any form of customer service or any form of industry where you had to sell or upsell or recommend something to people whether it be on the phone or in person obviously i did a lot of this in banking um, i've referred to a lot of the traditional terms you know um I, you know relationship building was rapport building um, uncovering what they need versus what they want is fact finding um, you know making you know recommendations is pretty much exactly the same process and now we're at the end of the conversation which is how you wrap that conversation up which in in Corporate speak would have been called the close, right? I don't particularly like that saying because I don't, our clients are real people. I don't think they're people to be closed. Um, a sale is something that you close, but there is a person on the other end of that conversation. And I don't think people need to be closed. So I don't like the term the close. Um, but I guess what it really is about is um, getting to the point of is a decision going to be made right now or or not and how then do you navigate that um, and you know helping that person determine whether or not they want to work with you because ultimately you know that's the end game is is making that decision and i i, I think that our clients i know my clients are they're intelligent people they know what is right for them and what's not right for them. They know, you know, they'll know if they if they can make a decision now, they'll know if they can't make a decision now. Our job isn't to put, you know, put our own agendas first. Now, and, and our other, so, you know, our own agenda isn't to put our widget, we need to fill first, fill first. The other thing we don't want to do is put words in their mouth either and assume that we know what's going on with them and that we assume... Why they might want to go away and think about it, or they might want to talk to their husband, or all those things. So, we're going to dispel some myths around um, what objections are, what they really mean, and how you can navigate those in a really beautiful, feminine way that's um, definitely more 21st century, definitely more a new way of selling, um, and definitely more a really authentic way of doing things. And this This kind of container that I've created for you where we've broken down the myths of what you may have learned before and what I've definitely learned before and reframed it in different ways is giving you the space and the permission to create the way you want to deliver this, to create the way that you want to lead people through your process in in an authentic way that's right for you because that's just going to show up. People are going to notice that. They're going to tell when you're being authentic or when you're just following a script. It's going to you know, like I've said before, it's going to mean that you're recommending people the things that they need, not what they think they want. Um, And it's just going to garner so much more trust and likability from people as well. So, you know, the flow on effects to building this system out, building this process out in a way that's going to be relevant and also authentic to you is really important so when you get to the point in the conversation we'll talk about the decision first and that the decision is you know are they going to buy your thing that's the decision ultimately let's not sugarcoat it are they going to buy your thing or are they not going to buy your thing that's really what we want to get down to okay um i i don't i don't think there's any shame in in wanting to know the answer to that there's no shame in that sometimes we can feel a lot of shame around wanting to know if someone's gonna buy from us because we have these icky feelings around selling. Some of us may have icky feelings still around taking an exchange of money for what we do as well. And that can be a money mindset thing. Um, There's no shame in wanting to get to that decision. Um, So we need to break down the the beliefs that we have behind the process and the beliefs we might have behind money and success and all those things. so that we we are we don't feel the shame in wanting to come to a decision. It's okay to want people to decide that they want to work with you. And you need to believe that they should be working with you. You need to have that, that self-belief in yourself. That's really important as well. But we don't need to have icky ways of doing that to get to a decision from someone. So, you know, you know like old kind of, I guess, door-to-door salesman speak or telemarketers speak or, you know, um, stuff that you may have been fed before when you've been on the other end of a sales conversation and this is stuff that I was taught in corporate and I can honestly say I never used it because I couldn't stand it so I was definitely a bit of a black sheep of the corporate world because they fed me all these scripts I had to use and I never used them but my the people I led and the teams that I led we were always on the top of the leaderboard we didn't do it this way we did it my way Um, So some of the things you may have heard before are things like, you know, are you ready to sign up today? Let's get that done for you now. You know, stuff where it's like you're pressuring that person to tell you right then and there that they're going to buy from you and kind of force. You feel like you're forcing them into doing it right then and there as well. We don't want to be those people. We don't have to be those people. I think what you want to do at this point is reconfirm that you've got it right So they've already given you a whole bunch of information about what they need. Um, You know, you've built that relationship with them. You've made a decision about what you think, you know, one or two options that could be good for them. You might say, this is exactly what you need and give them one option. You may give them a couple of different options and say, well, this could work, but this could also work too. You know, you might've gone down that path. Um, I think when you get to the decision point, it's, you know, it's more around reconfirming that you've recommended the right stuff. You know, so things like, you know, do you feel that that would work for you? Does that sound like it's a good fit for you? Does that is that kind of what you were looking for? Um, you know, those sort of things that is just kind of getting them to think, yes, that is what I'm looking for. or No, that wasn't really what I was looking for. And then you can go back and kind of go, okay, well, if it wasn't what you were looking for, you know, reconfirm what it is that they're wanting. Do you provide it or don't you provide it? And then which way do you go with that, right? Um, and this is particularly for one-on-one stuff. Um, I don't and this is probably a bit rebellious of the sales industry but I don't ask people to sign up for something on the spot ever I never ask people to sign up for something on the spot I actually what I do in and in you know kind of the sales world um the objection of I'll think about it that's like the that's when in, in the sales world, when someone says, I'll think about it, they give you all these scripts about how you can get someone to sign up on the spot. Like you think about things like Ostar or Foxtel and that, that are really um, very, uh, like very masculine, but very widget sales driven. Like they want you to sign up right then and there. So I actually take the I'll think about it off the table by not even asking them if they're going to do something straight away, I take that off the table and I actually gift it to them because most people don't want to be forced into making a decision on the spot. Do you ever want to be forced to make a decision on the spot? Most of the time, no, you want to go away and exert your free will, right? So I, this is quite rebellious for the sales industry, but I've never asked people to do that. Um, I, I take that, off the table and i gift them the ability to make that decision themselves because i trust them to be smart people Um, and you know i say things like obviously in the online world i'll say things like look i'm going to send you an email with um just a list of the things that i've recommended here for you if there's anything else you need from me let me know right or if it's a dm obviously i'll just be like look i'm just going to shoot you through um the link of what we've just spoken about have a look at it if there's anything else you need from me let me know So I don't ever pressure anyone to make a decision straight away because that just does not feel good for me. It doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't feel good for me or anything like that. Now, if you're a a service-based business and you have certain, I guess, steps in the process to onboard your client that need to take place, um, you would just need to outline that at that part of the conversation and just say, look, I'm just going to shoot you through an email or send you, um, you know, the details of what that service is. To get started, this is what you need to do. So let me know when you're ready um, and I'll have to give you a call, um, you know, get you to fill out a form or something like that, right? Um, and, if, and if they say to you, look, I'm ready to do it now, you can do it now, right? Um, or, you, or you can say, unless you're ready to do it now and we can just do it now while you're on the phone right? But I would give them the option to think about it first. That's just me. Some of you may disagree with me. And if you disagree with me, let me know. I'm more than happy to um, have that conversation. But, you know, it might be a case of, you know, that you just say, look, this is how you get started. Let me know when you're ready. Um, I'll have to give you a call or you have to get you to fill out a form unless you're ready to start now and I can do it while we're on the phone. Okay. That's not saying, can we get you started now? Like a real salesy person That's saying. This is what you need to do. This is the process. I will trust you to make that decision unless you've already made it and let's do it sort of thing, you know. Um, it's giving them the power to be part of that decision-making process. I feel that the really old salesy way of doing things is is D, is taking their power away and forcing them to do things. We don't want to take our client's power away. We want to empower them to choose us um, is definitely... The way you want to go now on a sales page. If you're on, like if you've got a landing page or a sales page or a product page or something like that, having an option that says you know not sure if this is for you chat to us here um, is a really good. Um, sorry, I just had a message pop up. I was going to get rid of that box. Um, A really good way to continue that conversation more in a personal space, which is what you may need to do as well. So on my sales pages, I just have not sure if this is for you or want to talk about it more. And then I've got a link to my um, Facebook page DM inbox and then they DM me and have a chat to me in there. If I need to pick up the phone, I will. If it's um, like an e-commerce business, then it might be you might have a little chat bot or something set up that you can send them to or... um, you know, your inquiry, how you handle your inquiries on the back end of your e-commerce business. Depends how big you are. You know, you might just want to send them to a DM. That's totally fine. If you're a lot bigger, I know some people I've worked with, they do have their like automated chat messenger thing and they've got staff that actually manage that for them. But you would want to send them there if that's the case. Katie and Beck, hello, ladies. How are you? Uh, we're about 20 minutes in. We're just talking about um, the... The last part of the sales mastery series, which is the you know how to wrap up the conversation, um, determine whether they're ready to make a decision, kind of how you navigate that in a non non salesy, non icky way. Um, so I've kind of gotten through the whole part of you know, are they ready, are they not ready, um, and how you navigate that. Um, and then I'm gonna about to start talking about objections and follow up and stuff. So, really, like. So definitely go back and watch the rest because it'll give a bit of context to what I'm talking about at the moment. But really what you want to do... <laughs> I was looking for this an hour ago. All good. All good, love. They go as a replay in the in um, in the in the units tab when I'm done um, so you can watch it back. So really, I guess what you want to do is you want to trust that those who need to buy from you will. You don't want to have all these like forceful ways, which is very old salesy ways of of getting people to buy from you. You want to give them the power to choose and you want to trust that they are going to make the right decision. So I trust that those that need to buy from me will. I don't place expectations on myself that when I pick up the phone and talk to someone, I have zero expectations on myself that that person has to buy from me. And I also have zero expectation on my potential client that they have to buy from me either for this reason it means that i go into a call with someone or a dm with someone or a conversation with someone with zero expectations and it means that i can just have a really free human to human conversation and whatever happens will happen right i don't place those expectations as soon as you start putting those expectations on yourself and on them that's where it gets icky and we don't want to be we don't want to be those people And I I really believe it's for that reason that, you know, I have people proactively contact me. I have people who I spoke to maybe six months ago come back because I didn't place the expectations on them at the time. I didn't make it icky. I didn't make it like they had to buy from me right now. I just made it. This is what I think is good for you. Let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. I'd love to work with you if you think I'm a good fit. Like I don't place expectations. Um, And I also get people referring to me. So even people who haven't worked with me refer to me because they appreciated the fact that I was just honest and I gave them and empowered them with the power to make the choice. Um, And that's where a lot of like, if you go to any like sales mastery workshops or any of those sort of things, they don't want to empower the client. They want you to have all the power and force them to do something. That's not how I operate. That's not how I teach sales. But there is definitely merits in each stage of the process. We just have to adapt it into a way that's a little bit more modern age um, and a little bit more uh, more authentic and more, uh, for us women, more feminine way of doing it. So the other things that you're going to get is and this is again in sales peak they'll talk about objections so how to overcome an objection again i don't like that term at all um, i see an objection as it's it's a, I see an objection as, as something that's extremely valid that that person needs to express to you so again that's where i allow them the power to express that to me a lot of the times if you go went through like an old sales process They, they. it's almost like they don't, like objections are bad, like, you know, in an old sales process or an old sales coaching methodology, an objection is a bad thing. And it's something you have to overcome. Like, here's a list of 10 objections that someone would give you. You've got to find a script or a way to overcome those objections. And they'll give you a script for every single objection that you might get from someone that you're talking to. I kind of throw that away and kind of throw that whole concept in the bin because I think that objections are absolutely valid and if you give your client the power to have a conversation with you, you should openly invite them to tell you if they're unsure about whether it's a good fit for them. An objection is just someone just having lack of clarity about whether your offer is right for them or not. So really, if you look at it that way, we just need to be open and honest and communicate with people in an authentic way to help them make that decision, whether they choose us or they choose someone else. So I don't really use any, any, there's, I don't really have a framework or anything that I use when it comes to someone, you know, that may have an objection or may have a concern about whether or not what I do is right for them, because I don't make them feel like those questions or those concerns or those little, you know, maybe a red flag or something, I don't make them feel like those things are invalid. I give them the power to have the validity around them. Um, And we don't want people to feel like they can't be open with us and question either. So some other sort of things that people might say, and these is what other sales strategists would call an objection is things like, I need to think about it. I'm still looking around, or I have to talk to my husband. Now, some of you may have heard people say similar things or may have had them say other sort of phrases. If you're watching it back or you're on live, you can obviously put that in the comments. But, you know, when people say things like that to me, again, like I've said before, I take the I'll think about it off the table and I actually give it to them. I, I give it to them and say, Here you go. This is what you need to do. Um, This is how it's going to, this is how it works. I'll leave it with you now sort of thing. Um, If they say they're still looking around, I go, yeah, no worries. Absolutely. Totally. That's absolutely up to you. I would encourage you to do that. Um, You know, if you find someone else that's a better fit for you, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. If you don't find someone that's the right fit for you and you want to come back and kind of re-explore what this would look like, um, just reach out to me. I'm happy to chat anytime. That's, you know, kind of where I go with people. Katie, I legitimately have to talk to my partner about these decisions. Exactly, that's right. And that's why I don't, I consider all of those statements to be valid statements. I don't like the the traditional sales strategy of that they're a bad thing that has to be overcome. So with that sort of thing, like I have to talk to my partner about these decisions, I often you might have found in old sales speak or old sales strategy sort of seminars, they would Try to pressure the person to make a decision on the spot. Like it would be, um, it would be like, oh, so who makes the decisions? Like, what do you need to talk to them about? Can we get them on the phone now? Um, what are the things that they would say? Let's talk about this, you know. And and they try to get you to pressure you to do it right then and there. I to me, I go, yeah, absolutely, go and talk to your partner. That partner could be a business partner. It could be um, their husband. It could be their life partner, they could be in a same sex relationship, like whoever their partner is, it's a valid reason why they want to talk to them about it. Maybe they want to get their opinion on it. Who knows? Like ultimately, at the end of the day, that's obviously something that's really important to them. Um, And they should be allowed the freedom um, to, they should be allowed the freedom and the power to be able to do that. Um, Rochelle. Are all the decision-makers here? Oh, I mean, all the sales speak you've heard around all these objections, they just drive me mental because it's so inauthentic and just so gross. Um, Marissa, hey, Marissa. I love this approach. It's much more relaxed and less desperate. Oh, we don't need to be desperate. We're not desperate Debbies when we're trying to sell something. Okay, this is when you're talking to someone, it's just a conversation around determining are you right for them or are you not? We don't place expectations on ourselves, and we don't place expectations on our clients either. Um, so yeah, the whole, I have to talk to my partner. The sorts of things I would say to someone like that is absolutely you need to be comfortable with you know, where you're investing your money. You need to be comfortable with you know, where you're investing your money or your time as well. Particularly for mums, like when mums invest in something, particularly like a coaching relationship or a course or something that's going to take time away from their family. They want to talk to that they want to kind of consult their family around it they want to think about it they want to make sure that it's a good decision for them if you make them feel like they have to make a decision on the spot you're not allowing them the power to explore all those things that are also important to them in terms of their family so you know, And if they've got another business partner, of course, they need to talk to that person. So I'm just going to say, yep, absolutely. Go and talk to them. Look, and particularly if it's someone with a business partner, I'll just say, look, if they've got any questions, please um, happy to talk to them, Shoot, get them to shoot me an email or I can jump on another call with them or both of you another time if that's going to suit you right? Depends on what they want to invest in. Like, I'm not going to do that for a $27 digital product. But if someone wants to purchase a high-end course, I'm absolutely going to spend that time and make sure they feel comfortable with their decision. So you've got to be obviously careful and mindful about where you spend your time with that because you don't want to be over-servicing a, a low-end offer. Um, but, you know, you still want to be making sure that you're giving them everything that they need. Um, and yeah, I would say, yeah, if they want. not about it have any questions let me know happy to do that um all right so let's talk now hey amanda how are you love let's talk now about follow up so follow-ups are funny it's a it always brings up so much to talk about so a lot some people hate following up some people hate being followed up um and it usually brings up some quite strong Um, opinions so if you're on live I'd love to know what's your opinion about follow-up do you like it do you do it or do you hate it being done to you Um, because it does always stir up quite some uh, some good conversation I think there's kind of three types of people I see and have seen over the 20 odd years that I've been doing doing you know I guess like selling services to people is There are people that don't like to be followed up because they feel like they're being hunted. Um, I know Michelle from the group, she doesn't like it and she doesn't really do it. But she also doesn't really have to because people find her and they like her vibe and they buy into her. So it's a system that works for her, I think. She's happy, they're happy, everyone's happy. Go for it. Um, There are people that forget and need to be reminded so I'm one of those people. So if you ever talk to me, I give you full permission. If you ever talk to me about me doing a service with you um, or, or doing something with you or buying something from you and I say, yep, I'll let you know, or yeah, I'll go and buy that tonight or yeah, I'll go and register for that tomorrow or next week and I don't do it, you have full permission to contact me because I've probably forgotten. Um, so I definitely fit into number two and I usually will end up saying, um, I usually will end up saying to someone, thank you so much for reminding me because I totally forgot to do that. Um, You know, and that's just, some people are like that. You know, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, What's Beck, what is everyone saying here? Beck, I'll generally send one message. Anything beyond that feels forced and gross. Yep, Marissa, I do, but always wonder if I do it too soon or too late. I need chasing up because my brain's so scattered. Exactly, see, everyone's so different. And then the other type of person is people that actually, feel valued when you get followed when you follow them up so i was having an interesting conversation with a friend in business recently she's a coach as well and she said she was on a call with someone about a service that she wanted to buy into and that person doesn't do follow-up so they obviously have that belief themselves they don't like to be followed up or they make it makes them feel icky so she actually said in the conversation to her here's the information. I'm not going to follow you up. It's up to you now. And um, the person on the the receiving end of that actually valued the follow-up. And she was like, "Mm, well, I decided right then and there, I wasn't going to buy it because if she wasn't going to follow me up, then I feel like she didn't value me. So some people do actually value it. So then, you know, I guess it's how do you kind of, balance determining that as well as as like meeting your own inner need to not be icky about it too Um, amanda i've started doing follow-up the suggestions from this group have helped so much it feels a lot lighter yeah i think you've got to do it in a way that's authentic to you again i would say don't make assumptions so don't make assumptions just because you don't like being followed up or you've been followed up in an icky way doesn't mean other people hate it Um, and just because you may like to follow up, it doesn't mean everyone likes it either. So don't make assumptions um, about someone else's opinion of being followed up or the follow-up process. My question for you would be, what feels good for you? What vibe and what vibe do you get from them? So like, Beck, you just said, you do it once, anything else feels icky to you. That's what feels good for you. Um, So, you know, I would build your follow up framework around that, you know, if you're going to follow up once, make it a really valuable, um, make it a really valuable reach out conversation, however you're going to do it, if it's a DM or an email, make sure that what you do is done in a really valuable, beautiful way, which I know you would. So it just means that you maximize that one time that you do follow them up and that you do, you know, that you might just be, hey. Just, you know, we spoke last week. I know life gets in the way. I just wanted to check in and see how you were going. If there's anything else I can do for you, let me know. I'd love to work from you with you if you think we're a good fit. You know, whatever it is you're going to say. Um, like, if you don't like to do it, I would probably challenge you to think more about what's going on for the other person and less about your own Beliefs around it, um, because not everyone hates it. Like I said, so you can kind of get a vibe from people. Like when you kind of finish up that conversation with them, and you go, "Okay, I'm just like I would say, I'm just going to email that through to you, and let me know if there's anything else I can do for you." Um, you, you can kind of tell when people are like, "Yeah, I just need to go away and think about it," and they're you know, a bit closed off. Um, they're probably someone that doesn't want to feel the pressure. So. You know, don't, I wouldn't be over smothering those people. I would be letting them have freedom to think about what they want to, what the decision is that they want to make. Um, If you get some people that are like, you know, you can tell that they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're super keen, um, they're really enthusiastic, you know, and and you're just not really sure should you follow up with them. You could just ask them, like, honestly, I, sometimes I'll say to people, particularly if it's a high-end offer, I'll say, look, I'll just, I'll send it through to you. I'll give you some time to think about it. Um, look, would you like me to check in with you in another week or something? Or are you someone that would prefer just to make your own decision and off you go? Like, you know, take, the, take it that objection off the table for them. Like, take that ickiness away and just put it on the ta- put it out there and let them tell you what they want you know, if you're not sure. Um, yeah, and, and just let them lead that with you. Some people will say to me, yeah, could you just check in with me next week because I'm probably likely to forget <laughs> um, and I need you to do that. Or some people will be like, no, I'll, 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 I'll decide what I want to do um, and I'll let you know if I'm ready. And then I know then don't follow that person up <laughs> because clearly they just want to make their own decision and that's totally fine with me. Um, if they say, yeah, you know, check in with me because I'll probably forget or check in with me, that'd be really good. Um, I may have some more questions for you. Then that's the invitation then to be like, okay, I'll make a note, just check in with them next week and see how they're going. Um, so there's nothing wrong with putting that on the table too, particularly if it is at what you're offering them as a decent investment. Um, I think it's nice to offer whether or not they would like you to contact them. Um And you'll be able to tell pretty quickly if they do or don't want you to, you know. Um, I don't follow everyone up, I guess, is what I'm saying. Again, that is so totally against normal sales strategy, but I don't follow everyone up. Um, If it's, you know, like if it's a low-cost offer, I'm probably not going to follow them up. I'm going to be like, here's what I think you need. Off you go. If you need anything else from me, let me know. I kind of trust that they'll make that decision themselves. If it's something more high-end, like, a you know, thousands of thousands of worth of coaching package, where I've invested the time to do a proposal for them and send it through to them, um, I'm probably going to say, do you want me to check in with you? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, make and actually have that conversation. Do you, you know, when would you like me to check back in with you? Because, you know, I've put in a lot of time and effort to create that proposal and send it to them. Um, and You know, I want to make sure that we're the right fit for each other. So I'm probably going to have that conversation about following up. Do you want me to? Do you not want me to? You know, that sort of thing. Um, The other thing I would say about follow-up is that remember that your social media content, your email marketing, your blogs or your podcast, if you've got one, they're still hearing from you right? If they're following you, they're on your mailing list, they're listening or subscribed to your blog or your podcast or something else that you've got, or they're in your Facebook group, you're still nurturing them. So these days in the modern day era, there's still other touch points that they're going to have with you between the decision that they make. So you don't. I don't think you have to be as, I guess, like, full on about the follow-up process that you probably did really have to be 20 years ago, where we didn't have the internet. And it was like, you know, you had no other way of contacting them or being in front of them unless you called them or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whichever way it was that you contacted them. So I think that if you've got all those things set up and they're on your list or they're in your group or they're following you, they're still going to be nurtured by you in that time as well. And this is where showing up can actually be part of the follow-up process. You know, showing up online, showing up to your audience can be part of the follow-up process. And I think it's a really nice way too to know that um, you can still be nurturing people that are just about ready to buy from you just by showing up. And they can, you know, you're still popping up in their mind. They'll see your email. They'll see you on live. They'll see you on a post. They'll see you in your Facebook group or listen to your podcast or read your blog or something. And doing that may help them make that final decision. You know, seeing you pop up again, it's like that whole touch point thing. So don't discount the nurturing that you do in other parts of your ecosystem um, that can help them ultimately make that final decision. Um, And I guess the last thing is if they say no, release them with love. That's fine. They don't have, not everyone has to buy you. You're not for everyone and that's okay. You don't have to be for everybody. Um, I think that, you know, you could, you could definitely ask why if you feel the need to. Like you could say, oh, what, what did you think was not, you know, what, what about it wasn't for you? Um, I'd love to know. It can be really good feedback, particularly if it's a new offer um, or an offer that maybe you've changed a little bit. Um, and you're wanting to get some feedback about why why someone would choose not to buy it, that can be a good reason. But always go into asking why with the purpose of you having feedback. So just so, um, I look, I'd love to know, sometimes I might say, oh, I'd love to know why you decided not to go with it, um, just because it's a new program and people that, you know, are making the decision to say, no, I'm, I just would, I'm some good feedback for me to know Um, what is it that you would have liked to have seen in it or not in it that, you know, may have helped you decide to go with me sort of thing. Um, But it's more around feedback for me, not around why are you not buying it? Because I want to now convince you that you need to. It's more around why wasn't it a good fit for you? I want to know the reason for that, for, for me to improve my own services for the future you know, and sometimes you get some really good insight from people. Some of the best insight you can get from people about your offers is people telling you that they want something um, or people giving you feedback about an offer and saying, if it was like this, I would have bought it. Or if it had this or if it didn't have that, it would have been perfect for me. And if a few people tell you the same thing, that can be really good feedback to go then into you know your offer development um you know for that particularly if it's a new offer um that can be really helpful information to find out from them so that's pretty much it if you liked what you heard in your ears today then i would love to connect with you over on instagram you can find me at, at stacy marie coaching until then stay classy